welcome once again to the Dice Are Screaming podcast, brought to you by Randy and Mike. That's right. And that's you on the 1st of February. Yes. And, of course, the heat's back on in Michigan. So, yes. huzzah, huzzah. We didn't have to uh, hitch up the sled dogs to make it to the podcast today. So, here's to that. So, hey, it's Friday. It is. And that means that there's going to be gaming. Yes. And much talk of gaming. Here yeah. on The Dice Are Screaming, the awkwardly long handshake of gaming podcasts. Ooh. <laughs> oh, what a moniker to live up to. Well, <laughs> sweaty palm, handshake too? Yeah, yeah, and it just goes on way too long. Just oh. that that almost getting a little erotic, you know, just Ooh. enough to nauseate you slightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Oh, okay, so uh, yeah, we are that and uh, more, and uh, as we... Talk about the weather and other topics, getting settled in here. Um, I want to shout out to Wheel and Woe Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Wheel or Woe. Wheel or Woe. Which, I just love that name. That's another good one. Everybody's got great podcast names. I know. Like, well, for starters, Gothridge Manor. Yes. That just, I want to actually go to a Gothridge Manor. Mm-hmm. And playing it wrong. Which, <laughs> that is just, uh, it is the epitome of the gaming experience. It is. Like, haven't we all, as ev- everybody we know has at one point or another played it wrong. It is yep. just the truth of gaming. That's how you start. So, thank you, Tim Shorts and uh, uh, Chuck Doran, and also uh, a lot of our other listeners, uh, all ten of you. Uh, <laughs> we're happy that the, you joined us again. throng of tens. Yep, so tonight's topic we're going to ramble on, as we normally do, because no one does it like we do. Oh, and, and uh, Spike Pit. Oh yeah, Spike Pit, yep. Yeah, we're not going to forget that. No. And special nod to old man Grognart. Mm-hmm. Glenn is just awesome. Yes. And so we're going to talk about uh, some meta topics, and one of the meta topics we talk about is failure in gaming that doesn't directly uh, fall into the camp of the players just die. Yeah, we, we brushed up against this in some previous conversations, and we really wanted to flesh this one out, because this is uh, DM navigation turf. This is actual useful uh, metagaming, where we're talking about how to adjudicate what happens after a dice roll goes south. I mean, sure, okay, it hangs on the dice to decide yay or nay, for the most part. But where do you go from there? You're, if you're the DM, how much fail is fail? Is it all the fail? Like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, you slipped off a tightrope. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tumbled down a 50-foot uh, crevasse. Yeah. And filled with angry Odiugs. <laughs> is there another type of Odiugs? Yeah, I've never really met no. uh, a happy one. Which, I mean... I'm not even sure what was making Odeo happy. Uh, well, no? uh, cleaning up after the circus. Oh, oh. Uh, I will pass. Yeah. But, you know, how much failure is failure? If, if it's a enormous cliff and they fall off of it, where do you go from there? Or you fail a social encounter and you didn't con the guards. Uh, you know, is it 
instantaneous and immediate death by multiple stab wounds, or are we talking in jail busting rocks until his party members find a way to bust him out? Yep. Yeah, there are just all kinds of play options that come available in this. Yeah, and I'd like to just also give a little shout-out to Crystal Frazier for bringing this up. Uh, but rambling around in my uh, empty socket of a head that, uh, you know, this uh, idea of having something other than failure result in less than a total party kill. And as much as we like total party kills here on the Dicer Screaming... Oh, we do. <laughs> you know, uh, part of the job of having the... Uh, Dungeon Master Screen or Game Master Screen, whatever moniker you want to uh, call yourself. I always choose to be Dungeon Master, even though I'm playing another game, even Shadowrun. Uh, Yeah, I'm the DM, so in most other games. But uh, the screen is there to help you, and it's one of your tools. And uh, I always believe that uh, in... I fall in the camp of fudging dice on like this. Um, If the players make a mistake... You know, don't fudge the dice. If they decide to charge that dragon, and <laughs> multiple warnings that it's an ancient red, and they decide, yeah, we can take it, we can take it, and they die, well, then I guess they die. Yeah, I, look, there's no point in rewarding stupidity. So that that's a finer point to make there, is that before we get into, uh, is a failure a failure, uh, circumstances and context are everything. Yeah, if they a- do something incredibly crass and ridiculous, ah, well, let them buy it. it. It's not your responsibility to mollycoddle them through every emergency, especially the self-made kind. However, if it's your mistake, if you've way over or underjudged an encounter and its lethality, you know, by all means, cut back a little bit. You know, no one will know, just like Julia Childs famously said, only you know what happens in the kitchen, and only you know what happens behind the Game Master screen. My rule of thumb is just directly, only fudge the dice for your mistakes. And that doesn't mean screwing the players over, but it does mean <laughs> making sure that if you made a counter a little too lethal, then, you know, pull it back a little bit. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of room for... The occasional fudge when you're walking back something you may have overdone. That's different. I, I don't really have any truck against that. No. Uh, and <laughs> I can't afford to after that bone snapper incident. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Let's not uh, pull the band-aid off that one, okay? Yeah. It's still healing. Yeah, the, the bone snapper imbruglio. Uh, okay. that, was, that was something else. But now... Moving from the obvious outs, which are, uh, is it purely their fault or is it purely your fault? Okay, those we've covered. Now, somewhere down in the center is, it's nobody's fault and this doesn't really serve your plot. Uh, Nobody's doing anything stupid. Neither the DM nor the players have erred in any significant way. The dice have just randomly decided that this particularly important act they were undertaking went south. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, we look at that in the strictest terms of combat. Now, you're fighting the big bad evil guy and his minions, and you end up losing. Yeah, because it can happen. Yep, and so it's not your fault. You didn't plan it for them to lose. It was up in the air, you know, it was balanced, and 
it was within their means, but things just didn't work out. So the obvious answer is to capture the player characters. Oh, yeah, because this is the finest in fantasy and role-playing tradition, uh, right up there with James Bond movies. Yep. (laughs) I suppose you expect us to talk. No, I expect you to die. Oh, hard goldfinger. Yeah, where can you find a tank full of sharks when you really need need one? Mm -hmm. Gotta settle for angry mutant sea bass. (laughs) That's what happens when you're on a budget as a villain. Um, Yeah, so, you know, capturing the player characters and letting them find their own way out is a classic tradition. It's not only done in literature, but uh, in film and other sources of media. You know, video games, too, have allowed for players to basically, through the plot, get captured, through no fault of their own. But getting your way out of that. Now, of course, this requires a lot of improv, and it's one of the big skills of being a dungeon master, is being able to adjudicate not just on the fly for die rolls and roll calls, but also for campaign plot. Now, you know, again, the problem is, is that if your campaign is so structured that it allows for only a success or failure, you might want to start looking for other options when you're designing an encounter. Yeah, and if you're using a pre-written encounter, you can insert your own material. And here's a thought. Now, say you know for an instant, for instance, that this upcoming boss fight is a real tough one. Mm-hmm. That ah, your players, they may be good, but there's a fair chance. Could go either way. They might lose. But there's nothing in the module other than death as an alternative. So, handwrite your own material. Maybe they have a gauntlet of pit fighters, you know, in the basement of some building, and that they, the player characters wake up in cells and are now obligated to go out and fight bizarre creatures with crude weapons uh, for the amusement of their captors. And then some helpful agency, you know, assists them in getting loose and getting back to their gear. You know, you can, you can have the desperate escape. Uh, which yeah. is an equally fun fantasy trope. Right, and it was done in, uh, it was written that way. Uh, there was no real option out of it. You know, rocks fall, you die, or in this case, uh, <laughs> strange gas fills the room, you pass out. No save. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of dirty tricks in the, the old modules of yesteryear. So then you woke up, and then after some lengthy interrogations and uh, they slaps. Didn't even, they didn't even ask me any questions. You're let loose in the underpits of the Slave Lord City. Mm. And A4, classic module. One of my favorites, as uh, we mentioned in a previous episode. I am very fond of that, but it's a, a perfect representation of what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that's, the that gets to the core, is that you can recycle material from another module or something like that that you have laying around, <laughs> and use that. Because in, great DMs don't borrow. They, they steal. steal. Ah. Alright, so that's one out of combat, but another one could be that they could be charmed, and what's the good of playing a charmed character because you don't have any free will? Well, there you go. It's all about how you understand the game works. Charm spells don't uh, require you to have a slavish devotion, but they do make you change your character's attitude towards their captors or mental uh, enslavement. Ah, like for instance, if the test, the favorable testimony of the player characters is more valuable to their enemy than their deaths, 
sending them out charmed, you know, <laughs> to make embarrassing statements that will later haunt them. Like, I can't believe we advocated for that guy. Oh, man. Yeah. It, the charm wore off like a week later, and here we are with egg on our face. Yes, indeed, he is an evil overlord. Uh, sorry, we just elected Palpatine. Mm -hmm. just, yeah, and you can give them a moment like that instead, which is humiliating but non-fatal. Yeah, and it also gives them a good motivation to seek revenge later on. Which brings me to a, a good point. Humor. Uh, I'm not saying beat this up every single time, because that starts to wear really thin. Uh, but for fumbles, failures, and things like that, sometimes, if it's too high stress, it's nice to just have it be a humorous failure. Yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, dropping something... Uh, at an inopportune moment, uh, winding up face down on the floor, exhausted. Uh, <laughs> there are all kinds of little gaffes, goofs, and fumbles that you can inflict on player characters who had a bad role as a substitute for a deadly failure. Yeah. Uh, oh, for instance, uh, they slip on that tightrope and it's over a crevasse full of hungry creatures. Uh, all right, same character is male. Uh, they land straight down right on their nads and are just left hanging from the rope with a penalty to constitution for the time being. Yeah, that could be one. Or they could just be hanging by their hands, catching themselves at the last moment, and now they have to make another check, strength-based. Ah, yes. To get up. Um, yeah, those are all good ways to do it, but adjudicating... Uh, failure is when failure is not the absolute option and turning it into from a total party kill to something else usually involves more than just loss of a few hit points. It means losing your character's uh, items. It could be uh, losing your status. You could be branded as outlaws or failures and no longer uh, counted on to carry out the quest that you were sent out originally. You know, other characters step in and take care of her. Oh, and so downgraded yeah. to like, oh, you're the guys who yeah, we send you to the kobold lair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no fighting off the orc hordes for you. You you got to go beat up kobolds. <laughs> I like that the loss of status. Yeah, that can be uh, another one, and also just uh, gear too. Well, so yeah, the you know, bad guys strip them of loot and leave them for dead, and then. You know, a benefactor comes in and uh, gets them back up on their feet, but now they have to go back and get some of their gear or something uh, equitable. Revenge! Yep. <laughs> you, in fact, I recall an occasion where you perpetrated that upon us uh, uh, in campaign, and the bad guys took most of our gear and even threw some of it overboard because it wasn't of particular value to them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there were a few trophies and ornaments that were particularly personal. I carried that grudge to extremes. Mm. So I, I think I drifted, you know, almost into the, you know, like back to chaotic neutral and flirting with evil over that one. Yeah. <laughs> I crucified the captain to the mast. <laughs> and Take that. Kept him alive with healing potions. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, poor guy. Uh, no, we almost felt sorry for him. No, we didn't. No, not, not, not really. <laughs> saying, just saying. But... It is to say that you have a lot of different options in front of you. 
always be prepared for your players to fail. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the campaign. It just means that there's more complications to deal with. Yeah, and if you plot out ahead of time what failure will result in, or just a, even a series of options, it doesn't have to be just one thing happens. Uh, you can even generate it with random rolls or uh, keep notes on what type of failure will result in what type of plot adjustment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can exercise a pretty wide variety of options in, in a single campaign. Yeah, if you're trying, like, during a diplomatic uh, session to gain the favor of a semi-neutral uh, faction inside the kingdom or outside the kingdom, another uh, nation, and you fail your roles there, they do join the other side, but there is ways yet still that you could show that the evil guys are really, truly bad guys and uh, expose them for what they are, despite their best intentions. Yeah, you could open up a whole intrigue scenario where you've got to go, well, now that you dropped the ball on this, you're going to have to get direct proof. Yep. Which spy-type mission, go mm -hmm. break into the bad guy's lair and acquire his personal papers or, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That's a nice trick. I like that. Yeah, so, you know, always keep your mind trying to work when you design encounters to have something other than just total party kill. But then again, you know, uh, total party kills, they do happen. And when they do happen, is that really the end? I like them in boss fights. I, I like it to be worth it. I have no grudge against character death. In fact, I think it's in the in keeping with the finest tradition of D&D &D in the old school sense, which is, wow, tough break, champ. That was that was a good run, you know, and out come the dice and you start another character. I, I don't mind it, but I hate player character deaths wasted on an unworthy circumstance. Seriously, you were you, you were breaking camp and putting out the fire, you rolled a one, you ignited yourself and that was the end of your character? I don't think so. I all right, scratch that. You get a hot foot, go see the cleric. Start over again. Yeah, we'll try this from another angle. Um, one of the ways that if the if it's going south real fast is a lot of the time, um, and I've had to do this, is get the cleric out. <laughs> you know, cleric, as long as the cleric survives, there's a chance we can all come back. So, you know, everybody sacrifices themselves to get the cleric out, and they get out, and then the cleric or the remainder of the PCs that escaped gather a new force of adventurers, which gives the opportunity to play, in the interim, lower level or different characters that they may have been wanting to play, or even henchmen or cohorts, and throw them into the mix, and now you have a small party, very focused, to get the players' bodies back and get the main characters back into the game. Yeah, and, you know, unless your character has inexplicably chosen to indicate that they're a DNR. Uh, yeah, do not resurrect. <laughs> No resurrections uh, for me. Yeah, and while you're doing that, there's also another one um, that I've done with, uh, this is a little bit deus ex machina, but uh, you all die, and the gods have decided, as you go before the god of the dead, that your time is not now. Oh. And so you have to adventure in the lands of the dead. Oh, undertake a spiritual challenge. Yes. Uh, to retrieve or to, to prove be to the sent rest, back to your bodies. To prove to the gods of both good and evil that you're worthy of the tests. Oh, I that like was. that. Gosh. 
you know, when you have the Asmodium type devils, you know, like, well, according to the clause, subsection 13-C, <laughs> here it says that heroes must prove themselves worthy of the title. So they set an almost impossible task, but, you know, hey, if it gives you another chance, there's always hope, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and almost is the key word. Right. That, uh, which, hey, uh, three cheers for player characters thinking on their feet and, you know, finding a way to cheat death. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and, you know, that is another option, too, although it still involves death and is a little seemingly out of the ordinary for fantasy tropes. It's not outside of the limits of fantasy literature or archetypical no. uh, high adventure. Yeah, getting sent back to finish the job as the only favor you will receive from the gods, that's actually kind of an established trope. So, yeah, yeah there are other antecedent descriptions of things like that. And, but you don't have to make it easy, and it, that no. stops like, okay, the gods just say that you're all back alive with full hit points and all your gears here. Okay, well. Now, I have uh, a one deus ex machina-esque thing that uh, I... I caution all DMs to exercise discretion with is the classic uh, divine intervention role, which <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it or that I would nerf it, uh, but it should come from a character who has shown some degree of piety and has at least indicated in play that they are seeking the favor of their deity. Uh, otherwise, very slim chance at best. One, maybe two percent. Uh, it's a thing that happens in old school and in newer editions. So uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to encourage the overuse of it. But it's a thing that, if a DM decides you're like, wow, they really need a way out of this, uh, you know, have every single person there roll, and if anybody can come up with a reasonable roll. Uh, <laughs> you can always send in extra planar assistance to bail them out. Exactly. Uh, and let's face it, divine intervention is a little heavy-handed in terms of deus ex machina, but if you absolutely feel like there's no other way, certainly within the DM's purview to do whatever they want. Uh, you know, he or she can send anything from anywhere, from any deity. Uh, furthermore, you can even tweak the plot a little so that there are enemies of the player character's enemies that are not necessarily friends that show up and intervene at the last moment. Uh, get the player characters out of there go, hey, we don't even like you, but the point here is we all hate them. So Yeah, and they don't always have to, it doesn't have to be free. They're going to be uh, oh, yeah. entanglements. Oh, yeah, Yep, you have to you know, perform a few quests for them along the way that may leave a bad taste in the mouth. And also touching back on getting back from the realms of the dead, you know, they could be on borrowed time, too. You know? Ooh, like the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're really uh, willing to go out there, there's a... Fine old first edition monster called the Revenant. Mm. Now, it was pretty much, it was very specific that the me method of being a, becoming a Revenant after death was you had to have a certain amount of high stats, which, you know, okay, that has changed from edition to edition, but that you had to be thwarted unfairly somehow. 
but yet your motivation is revenge. So having the players come back as a bunch of revenants, all decrepit, but driven, <laughs> decrepit and rotten, but driven by one singular focus, to get back at their murderers. Ah, all right, very uh, parts of the Caribbean, ship yep. of the dead kind of, you know. Yep, and, you know, literally coming back from the dead, you're still dead, and once <laughs> you've fulfilled your mission, you're gone. But here's your last uh, grasp at the ring. Nice. I like that. That's a That would be a nice campaign closer. Certainly a more interesting campaign closer than you just died. We're done. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get one last crack at accomplishing your final goal and getting your eternal reward. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, well, you know, your characters all died in the process, but you came back as undead, finished the job, and then got to lie down and have eternal rest. That's a nice, that, that's a good ending point. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Certainly more palatable than, oh, yeah, that dragon, like, he sleeps on top of your bones. <laughs> yeah, your restless spirit can hear him chuckling, even right now. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that night was delicious. Oh. Yeah, well, who knew the dwarves gave dragons such bad cases of gas? <laughs> oh, oh churro. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, always keep your options open, and, uh, you know, have a fresh, pers a fresh perspective at it, and uh, you know, sometimes uh, just the dice end up uh, thwarting the designs of players. And I'm not saying that players should not fail because that's not oh, what we're getting at. But yeah, that's a great point to make. Is you know, um, neither of us are particularly anti-failure, and all of this comes up as an opportunity to offer you know, bet hedging and whole cards for DMs that have involved plots that they really want to see pan out. Now, you know, does that mean that failure can't be failure or shouldn't be failure? Oh, no. Absolutely not always. Not. But have that bolt hole prepared just for such emergencies. It's, you know, break glass in case of crisis. Yeah, break uh, glass in case of coyotes. These are just tools that might be of use at some point. Right, and, you know... We've just uh, covered a few topics, but I'm sure that you can come up with more. And uh, Oh, yes. I'm Sky's sure the that better heads than ours can uh, obviously uh, weigh oh, on, on this. Just to say, like, almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the off-brand serial podcast gaming the, that we are. The missing left sock of gaming podcasts. Oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much useless. And so, yeah, our advice is not authoritative in any way. But I did want to make a closure on that, that we're not advocating that players shouldn't fail. It's just... At certain points, you may want to still have some closure in this, and giving them one more um, chance at it, these are some areas where they can. And, uh, you know, we covered traps, we covered diplomacy, and we covered combat, and uh, the many ways that you can die from that. And of course, they should be there, and they should be present, because that gives tension, and it adds risk, because all adventuring is really about risk, and the reason why the dice are there is to add that element of risk that you just can't plan for. Yeah, to have a variety of options on the table so that you don't hit the same riff every single time. Uh, if you, like, if every time player characters die, they go on a mission for the gods and get their bodies back. Well, now that's just boring. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, sometimes failure is a failure, death is a death, it's over. Enslavement. These are all viable parts, and it allows the players to still continue playing, and it complicates things, sets them back. But uh, 
rewards also should be there. Doing a good job is obviously what it's about, so that's efficiency. You know, you get it done, you make that diplomacy roll, you find that trap, you open up that hidden lost door to the tomb that's been overlooked numerous times by other explorers. You know, you get that from uh, good rolls, and that's your reward. But for failure, there should be a complication rather than just, okay, you just die. And that's all we're trying to get you to think about, so... Yeah. Don't read too far into it. We're just about, uh, you know, uh, like Crystal Frazier says, that involves some make some encounters that involve more than just the players when they fail, ending up in the dead box. Yeah, save those epic moments where failure is life and death for great campaign-ending scenarios. You know, don't uh, don't wipe everything out on. Uh, that hallway encounter with two bugbears, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are ways to uh, work around so that, you know, a dramatic death is not wasted. Well, yeah, like in Thor Ragnarok, he failed. Yeah. He got sent to the gladiator planet. <laughs> Awesomely. Mm -hmm. So just keep those things in mind. And uh, that's all we wanted to kind of drum up food for thought on that. So I think we covered it pretty well, and again, uh, we're coming up on our end time for our podcast, so we appreciate you sticking around. Yeah. And of course, as, as ever, if you have any questions or comments on what we do or something you'd like us to talk about, let us know on both Twitter, follow me on Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. The Dicer Screaming Facebook page needs you. That's right. We need you. Yep. And uh, you can get a hold of us in the various places or in and around the internet haunts that we frequent. Oh, which is quite a few of them, actually. Yeah. So, we're out there. But, uh, hopefully this has uh, helped you out, and uh, if it has, let us know that too. And if it hasn't, and you think you got it better, hey, tell us. Uh, yeah, we're also open to uh, hideously detailed ideas uh, from other people that we can, as DMs, steal yeah. and use in our campaigns. <laughs> uh, you know, because the imagination is limitless. Everybody's got different ideas of a thing to do. And we are very hip to tormenting our players with stuff that we picked up from you. Take care. And may, may the, the dice, dice always roll in your, your favor. favor. We're out. See ya.